The following podcast is sponsor content from Umqua Bank. Welcome to Open Account, where we get honest about making, losing, and living with money. This whole podcast project started when Umqua Bank, a community bank, came to me with this radical idea that they wanted to have a different conversation about our relationship to money. And I thought, a bank wants to get honest and personal about money? I am so in. So together, we've worked hard to focus, not necessarily on generic financial tips, but to have real, raw conversations about how money touches every aspect of our lives and how it can often be the source of pain or pride, happiness and confusion. It's such a complicated topic for us as adults, which got us thinking, where did we learn all this stuff? How did we learn about money and who did we learn it from? My son is four now, and already he has his own concepts about money. What it means when something is expensive, like when I say I don't have enough when he's asking for another toy at another toy store. Or when he gets upset that I have to leave for work, he understands that mom and dad have to work to have money. It's such a huge responsibility as parents to be the one to teach your kids about money, especially when you have conflicted views about your own finances. So partly because I'd like to have a better understanding of how to talk to my kids about money, and partly because, let's face it, nothing is cuter than getting kids to talk about grown-up stuff, we are dedicating this episode to the little ones. We look no further than Umqua's own backyard in Portland, Oregon, for some inspiration. And we dropped in on a third-grade class at King School, picked because of their diverse student body, and met up with some other young friends in the studio to talk about money, where it comes from, how to spend it, and what it should look like, Catching kids at an age where they're just starting to understand what money is as a symbol and a system. As adults, we tend to forget that it's kind of a made-up thing. We really wanted to give kids free reign over this episode. Let them speak for themselves. No wrong questions and no wrong answers. Hi guys! Hi. Thank you so much for having us here. My name is Su Chen. Can you guys say my name? Su Chen. Yes, I love it. And we're here today to talk about money. Money. Ooh. Just out of curiosity, do you guys talk about money a lot in your lives, or you do? How do people make money? My name is Joyce. I'm nine years old. Um, I think people use newspapers or paper to make money. Uh-huh. Then they draw one of the presidents or famous people on it. Uh-huh. That's how they make money. Like I said, there are no wrong answers and no wrong questions either. M- money's like made out of paper, but like, how do they like get paper from trees and a whole? Supply chain, you want to yeah, know, right? Yeah, from trees, like, it, it does, like, mm, that. Does anybody have an answer for that question? Do you have an answer? Yeah. I think they have, like, this printer machine. Uh-huh. I saw a video, but Alice showed it to us, I think, at the beginning of the year. I think they cut the paper, like, the paper they get from the trees in a certain shape, like a rectangle, like the shape of the dollar. And then they have, like, these little machines, like, slap on the ink. Uh-huh. How about another question about money? My question is, when you pay for something and it's on sale, 
Sometimes I don't exactly get 75% off or 50% off because I, when I was littler and I went to the store with my mom, I would always tell her, oh, this thing is $75 off, but it was actually 75% off, and then I kind of don't understand what that means. Okay, what about you? No, I was answering. Oh, you answered? That's Elliot. He's an eight-year-old with a lot of answers. What Nia said is perfectly true. I do get confused with that a lot. But uh, the thing is that, say, um, this pear costs $10, and it's 75% off. So you only have to pay a quarter, and you'll find out how much a quarter of $10 is. So a quarter of $10, it would be... um, I think it's going to be like three and a half, right? Yeah. Two and a half. So then you only have to pay two and a half dollars. That's how much they've cut off of the expenses. You should be doing my taxes probably at the end of the year. That's pretty good, guys. What I loved about talking to these kids was how different their experiences are from mine and from each other's. These kids are really just starting out, responsible enough to hold some pocket money themselves, but their perspectives are already so rich. My mom is worried about money because she has to pay, like, for us to get a new house. Kerjasha, who we just heard from, is nine years old. And she's, like, worried about, like, how am I going to get this money? This is too hard. This is struggling. And... And she's like, well, you don't want to grow up too fast because this is not funny and this is not fair. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything about it yet. Beatrice's personal experience with money comes from the farmer's market. She's eight years old and a third grader at a different school in the Portland area. Her parents are both artists. Before you go on a farmer's market trip, does your dad give you some money to spend? Harold brings some money, and then he trades it into this little booth where then you can get tokens and gives me one token. What can you buy with one token at the farmer's market? Um, sometimes I can buy a flower and maybe a pastry. Is it different every time you go to the farmer's market? Well, it actually depends on like what kind of pastry I buy or how many flowers I buy. I run around to a few different stands that I usually go to, mm-hmm. like this one where they have these vegetables and stuff. And I usually buy potatoes there because I really like potatoes. And how does that make you feel, being able to do that, when you go to the market? Well, it makes me feel happy because it makes me feel more grown up when I do that. And one of my favorite feelings is feeling more mature. Yeah. When's the last time you felt like you didn't have enough money? I once felt that way when I brought some money to this jewelry place where my mom went. And I really badly wanted to buy her this necklace, but I didn't have enough money for it. Because it looked like eight cents, but it was really eight dollars. They really need to work on their handwriting and adding the S with the line for it or the C with the line for it. So it's clear. Yeah. Yeah. And when do you feel like, okay, I have enough money? When's the last time you felt that way? When I took out my piggy bank and counted how much I had in there Mm -hmm. because I've been saving up. 
Jude, another one of our interviewees, is a seven-year-old Portland local. He's in the first grade at Holy Cross Catholic School. Jude told me that he feels eh about talking about money, but that he does appreciate the finer things in life. Have you bought anything ever with your own money? Yeah. Like what? Uh, like suit. You you bought a suit? Yeah. Oh, what? Why did you spend your money on a suit? Because before then, that was like I what I always wanted. Why? Why? Why did you always want a suit? Um. Like, what could it be used for? What What makes you happy about wearing a suit? As I said, I like fancy stuff and fancy. When? Where do you wear the suit to? Um. Sometimes just because I like suits, sometimes to places that require suits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like like fancy restaurants? Yeah. Or, or... Yeah, mostly fancy wa- restaurants. Oh, so when you go to a yeah. fancy restaurant, you put on that fancy three-piece suit. You are yeah. ready to go. How does that make you feel? Eh, happy. Okay. Elliot's understanding of money comes from chores and allowance. I have to feed my pet, do my homework, practice my piano, and clean my room every day Yeah. if I want to earn the money. And do you think that's a fair way to yeah. earn the money? Yeah, because the baseline is a dollar a day, and then there are these extra chores that you can do for more money. And do you generally do more chores for more money, or do you keep with the baseline? Usually I just do the baseline stuff because that's... Hard enough. If I um, and if I want more, I can always do the other chores. Yeah, because there are plenty. So, what do you think? Would you like to do a job that you really like for less money, or a job that you don't really like for a lot more money? It's important to like what you do. I agree because you're not just working for money. You're working for like what you like and what you want to do, and showing people that like I don't care about the money. I just like the thing that I'm doing. The wise Kerjasha again. Kerjasha, what would you do for a living? I would take care of my grandma because she doesn't have a lot of other people to come to her house. Yeah, like for a job. I know. I would take care of my grandma for a job and make sure she has stuff in her house if I had a lot of money. But which is I don't. <laughs> as adults, sometimes simple questions can be the hardest to answer, but maybe not as difficult for kids. The one for less money. Did you have your hand up in the back? My name is Micah and I'm nine years old. I just want to be like a person that would stay home and then go pick up their kid. Yeah, that's a pretty good job. We also talked to Jude's nine-year-old brother, Reed. We asked him about income. He sees big numbers as a practical priority. How much money do you think a football player can make? Eleven million. Oh, I guess you know the answer to that. And what about a Lego engineer? Lego engineer, one million. <laughs> wow, these are big numbers. Is it important to make a lot of money, you think? When you yes. Why? Yes. To get things and pay lame things that my parents talk about. Like what? Like mortgages and taxes and yeah, all, all this random other crud. <laughs> it's evil. But it's necessary, right? You have to do it, right? It's necessary, but evil. Thank you for that. Do you guys think it's easy to sort of get 
jobs and make money and while oh you big shaking of the head here why not well it might be hard to get a job because um you know you have to go through all this stuff yet you, you have to get your background checked to make sure that you're good for the job that you haven't done anything bad that might be on your record that would not get you into the job or uh, stuff like that. What? Where did you learn that? Mm, I just got, got it. it. You just got it? Yeah, it just I, came I learned. To you? What are other jobs that you think are really hard? Uh, oh, taxi jobs. The hardest job in the whole entire world is being uh, how to make tamales and then sell them in the night. Have you met someone who does that for a job? No. But you, have you seen that? Uh, yeah. Someone do that? And what, okay, so tell me what you have to do to have that for a job. They do have to wake up really early to do them. You have to get all the ingredients. You gotta go to the store. You gotta do a lot of stuff to prepare them. Like mm -hmm. to put them, you need a plate, another plate, mm -hmm. and yeah. Do you think that some hard jobs could also be fun? Well, sometimes it could be fun because you have a lot of people. Sometimes it can be bad because you only have like two persons or something. But it would also make you tired. The next topic, money and fairness. What do you think happens when money matters more than anything else? Well, they probably kind of drift off. That's Beatrice again. And they'd... Um, might not become such a nice person anymore, and they wouldn't have any more friends. Money doesn't matter as much as someone else because money is just a piece of paper or like a rock or metal, and you could get a piece of paper, rock, or metal anywhere, but you can't buy friendship with money. So why do you think that the world works that way, where there are some people that have a lot of money and some people that don't have a lot of money? Lisbeth? Mm. Well, it feels sad because people don't have money, and yeah. also the people that don't have money can't buy stuff like us. What do you think we can do to make it more fair? I think we can make it better by um, giving money to the people that mm -hmm. doesn't have any money or the ones that are on the street. I think this is one of the most confusing aspects of money, and I really wanted to dig into it with the kids. You don't think that having, like, a lot, a lot of money can make you maybe unhappy in some ways? No, but you should really spend it in, like, three categories. Saving, giving, and spending. That's Jude. Oh, okay. Saving, giving, and spending. Tell me about those three categories. Tell me about saving. Saving is, like, basically just keeping money so that you have more. Why is that important? So that you don't lose all your money and not be able to get anything. Are you a good saver? Yeah. I can tell because you, you really lock that money up tight when you get it. And what about giving? Giving is like... If you see someone who needs money, then just give them some. Why is that important? So that everybody has in not exactly equal, but a good amount of money. And why is that important? So that everybody has, like, homes and lives a good life. 
So if you, so you, you have twenty dollars right now. Yeah. Do you think that you're going to save and give and spend? Yeah. Why? Why is that the right, the right formula? Because you don't want to spend all your money. Right. As I said earlier. Yeah, and giving it is. Is it more important than spending it? Way more important. Why? Because everybody at least needs one dollar. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people that don't even have like a dollar. Yeah. And that's important for you to share that. Yeah. More important than spending it. Way more important. But not as important as saving it. Eh. <laughs> sometimes can be. Sometimes not. Yeah. What feels better, to give your money away or to spend your money? Give. Oh, because it's making other people happy makes you happy. So I really wanted to understand how they process fairness and inequality when it comes to money, and this simple answer kind of makes you step back and appreciate their intelligence. Save, spend, and give. Of course. Next, the million-dollar question. If you guys had a million dollars, what would you do with that? Oh my! Oh, everybody suddenly wants to participate in this. I would buy my own empire. You would buy your what? My own empire. I want a huge house. That's what I want. Yeah, big house. With a limo. With a limo. That's what I want. And you would just like ride around, and would you be driving the limo, or someone else is driving the limo? Someone else. Someone, and you, you would just be chauffeured in a limo wherever you went. Like if you wanted to go to the library, you would just pull up in a limousine. Yes. If you wanted to go, yes, go definitely. watch a movie at your friend's house, gotta hop in my limousine. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay. All right, so, oh, in the back. Me? Yes, you. What's your name? Hi, my name is Sad, and I'm nine years old. If I had one million dollars, I was signed up for soccer. And buy a Lamborghini. Hey, wait, what? You what? And buy a Lamborghini. Um, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you buy a Lamborghini. Okay, we haven't gotten to you. Yeah, what's your name? My name is Elzar. Okay. I'm nine years old. If I had a million dollars, I would sign up for soccer. You would what? Sign up for soccer. Sign up for soccer? Okay. My name is Valerie, and I'm eight years old. If I have a million dollars, I'll help my family and get a house and help people that don't have money. First of all, I take a quarter and give it to my dad and a quarter to my mom. That's Beatrice again. Which would equal half, so I, so then I'd have another half left. I take a small chunk of it for me for, like, if I wanted to go out and buy something for myself. Like, maybe a rag doll, because I've always wanted one of those. And then I donate a quarter to the food bank, and then I give the rest to the animal shelter. If you got a million dollars, what would you do with it? Do exactly what I said. Save, spend, and give. The ever-practical Jude. What would you spend some of it on? I don't know. Think about it. You have a million dollars. That's a lot of money. I know. Think of one thing that you could buy that you would definitely do. A really expensive building? Why Why expensive building? 
Because most expensive buildings are really fancy, so. And that's and it's good to have fancy buildings yeah. because. Well, mostly they're not like all weird and have ant problems and stuff, and they just are fancy, and I like fancy stuff, so. Okay, so if I were to ask you this question, how does money work? Could you answer that question? To one cent. How money works is it's a sign of credit. Mm -hmm. So if the law decided that apples were a sign of credit, people could give apples for something. But right now people are using money. And this came from... What first happened was called barter, and barter is where people would trade things, like with the Native Americans and the pilgrims that came, sometimes they would barter, and the Native Americans could trade, like, fish or skins and things like that. Mm -hmm. and, and money sometimes will take different forms, like at one point... The cochineedle beetle that was used to dye things. This color red that was used for the elk tooth dress that the Crow Native American people, which I'm part of that tribe, used for their dresses. And that beetle, the cochineedle beetle, was worth more than gold at that time. So the money takes different forms and it is the symbol of credit. Mm. We got pretty philosophical with Kerjasia and Elliot. What do you think it would be like if we didn't have any money and we lived in a world where we either traded or used seashells? Do you think you would like that better or not as much? No? <laughs> Why not? You're shaking your head. Because I think that would be like weird. <laughs> it would be weird? Mm -hmm. I really think that wouldn't be... I think that now that money is introduced, it's kind of... It would feel weird to have a world that's no money you have to like trade things because you don't money is a better manipulated substance because we can trade it and, and it has values and yeah we had these random questions about money because i wanted to hear what the kids would do with the answers and i love that it was one of the best discussions of our time with them we wanted to push our own grown-up fixed notions of money and bring a kid's imagination to it. Like, what would money look like if they could design it differently? Okay, so guys, I don't know if you learned this in school yet, but do you know about who's going on the $20 bill? A new person. Her name is Harriet Tubman. Do you guys know about her? No. Yeah, you guys learned about her in school? And guess what? She's going to be on the $20 bill. How cool is that? So she's going to be... Well, you have a $1 bill, don't you? Yeah. Um, so she's the first black person ever to be on money. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Let's get hands. Let's get hands. Okay, go ahead. I think um, that shows a lot of strength to African-American people because they haven't gotten a lot of respect back in the day, but I think that, because I've read lots of books about her, I think she's a really strong woman. Like, she, like, risked her life to go 
to freedom, and I think that's something that definitely deserves to be shown on a, on money because that's something that a lot of people are going to be seeing. And I feel like if I, once she's on that money, <clears throat> I'll probably like think about being strong, and I know that I, even though I might not always have freedom, that I will have freedom someday. Yeah. Who else do you think could be on money that would be really cool to see? I think. Wait, go ahead. My name is Joyce, I'm nine years old. I think Sonia Sotomayor should be on um, the money because she's really brave and helpful, helpful and kind. Bill Clinton? That's Jude, of course. Yeah? Because you like Bill Clinton? Yeah. Why? Why should he be on the bill? Because he's not a very popular president. Mm. So he needs to be a little more popular, at least. Yeah, because you really like him and you're like, let's help this guy out. Let's help this guy yeah. be more popular. Put him on a bill, popularity up. Thanks mm -hmm. to you, Jude. I asked the kids if they could invent a new kind of money, like that isn't coins or bills. What would it look like? What would it be made of? How would it work? Uh, the money would be made of paper, the same as is right now, but the president would be me. <laughs> It'd be a pug head. And that's Jude's foil, his brother Reed. Like small little pug heads. What does it feel like in your hand, this pug money? What, is it like Play-Doh? Is it like a stone? Like jello-ish. Okay. Like, you know, like boing it, boing it. I had zero expectations going into this conversation with kids about money. You know, my fear was that it was either going to be a string of vulgar noises and random shouting or complete silence and boredom. Instead, thankfully, we got something so much more delightful, playful, and thoughtful. Money is confusing, and as grown-ups, we do a good job at making it pretty complicated. But I think the whole purpose of diving into deep conversations with kids about adult topics is to come up with something simpler, more forgiving. Like when Beatrice points out money isn't everything because you can't buy friendship with it. Or when Kerjasha says she wants to grow up and take care of her grandmother for a living. I mean, these are pretty straightforward concepts that we as adults often complicate. And in the wise words of nine-year-old Reed. Like mortgages and taxes and... Ah, it's evil. It's necessary, but evil. And of course... Sometimes talking about it feels evil or painful or frustrating or just boring. And while money isn't inherently evil, it's certainly not all fun and games. It's surprising that when you sit down with a group of nine-year-olds, how astute they are to what really matters when it comes to money. Focus on the basics, as Jude wisely said. Save, spend, and give. For these kids, generosity and giving are woven into their understanding of what you should do with your money. And when it comes to one of the biggest choices you'll make in your adult life, never do it for just the money. Do what you love. That's it for this episode of Open Account. Thank you so much to Michaela Ellis and Yolanda Coleman at the King School, and a special thanks to Harold Fletcher at the King School Museum of Contemporary Art. And thanks to all the kids that participated and their families. 
Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to catch up on past episodes and stay tuned for a lot more. Umqua Bank's vision to build a healthier relationship with money for everyone, no matter how much or how little you have, inspires them to have these kinds of conversations every day. Learn more about their team and their approach to community banking at madetogrow.com.